I want to just speak into something here that we just were singing. As we were just worshiping, I felt the Lord, I wasn't, we weren't planning to go here, but I'm going to just, I want to read to you uh, Luke 12, just a, a section of this. And I, I believe these are just words for right now, for where, for, for where the Lord is taking us. And it's in a preparation for what He wants to do in this time. And there's still things that, that He has to do in our heart to prepare us, <laughs> or that we would be prepared for, for His plans and purposes. He's, we're moving forward. But, Lord, let me say it this way. I, I feel like it's, it's one of these things. We come to know Jesus. We say yes to him. And then everything happens the opposite of the way the world happens, where we become, in the world, we work for our independence. But when we come to Christ, we start with our independence, and then we work toward our dependence. We work towards that oneness with him that he becomes that one thing that we were calling, that we were praying into or, or singing into, that we seek first the kingdom and all will be added. There is no second thing that we seek. And it's a process that requires the Holy Spirit that leads us and guides us through this to where there's, there's a shedding of things in our own life. And and a lot of the, I just seen a lot of the things that we feel like, oh, I'm being attacked here and, and it's affecting this and it's affecting that. At the end of the day, a lot of those things, they really don't matter. They have, they have no eternal impact. And so, Sometimes we're fighting on those things and asking the Lord to fix all these things. And he says these words, seek first my kingdom and I'll, I'll take care of everything else. And as you, I want to read this again and I just feel like sometimes we read things and we're like, well, that's a little extreme. <laughs> but it is the word of God. In this case, it is the direct, it is the words of Jesus. And to put it into context, this is, so this is Luke 12, and it's right after he talks about the parable of the, of the rich fool, uh, of this guy who basically builds up all his wealth and builds up all these barns. And, and the Lord says to him after he builds everything up and he says, oh, now I have plenty of things laid up for many years. So now I can take life easy. I can eat, I can drink, and I can be happy. But it's the happiness of the world, not the happiness through the kingdom of the Lord. It's a different kind of joy. And the world's happiness is fleeting. It's only for a moment. And sometimes we we as believers still get caught up going after those things. And then the next words are, it says, but God says to him, you fool, this very night your life will be demanded on you. 
who then will get what you have prepared for yourself? The Lord never intended for us to prepare things for ourselves on this earth. He said, lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moth and rust cannot or will not destroy. So now I'm going to read these words, and I just pray that this would go deep. The Word of God, if you allow it to, it will, it will cut. <laughs> it cuts deep. And I know you've heard this before, but I'm praying that this is, you're going to hear it again, though, but like for the first time. You're going to hear it in a new way. So Holy Spirit, we just ask tonight, just as the, your Word is spoken, that it is life. It's living, it's active. It's sharper than a two-edged sword. It cuts in a good way. It affects our heart. It begins to adjust things that need to be adjusted. It gives us a kingdom adjustment and alignment so that our eyes are on you. And I pray this, I ask, Lord, that tonight that our eyes would be open in a new way. That none of us would be so prideful that we go, no, we got this figured out. But Lord, that we would humble ourselves before you. It's a process that we're in. Lord, I pray that we would humble ourselves to say, Lord, we don't have it figured out. Give us that spirit of wisdom and revelation to open the eyes of our heart, that they would be enlightened, that we would see you in a deeper way, to see you in a new way, to have a greater understanding of how to walk in your ways, of how to live our life on this earth, how to become even more dependent upon you. Increase our dependency, which means shake up the things of this world that we're holding on to. I love the word, I just wrote it down, the words that we were singing uh, just a minute ago, it just says, I don't need anything else. Give me Jesus. You're my one thing. And I was just kind of laughing as we're singing this song, going, we really don't know what we're singing. When we go, I don't need anything else. Be careful what we sing. Sometimes we just sing these songs and be like, we really don't even realize the words that we're saying, but they're so good. We don't need anything else. We seek first his kingdom, his righteousness. He takes care of everything else. So here's, here's the word. So just close your eyes. By the way, I, I felt, and I think we're still going to do this. I, I want to speak into this, but I feel like there's a time we're going to pray. So um, just get your hearts ready. And even as you do this, I feel like the Lord's going to just reveal some things in your heart. Here's the thing is we want to capture his heart. Sometimes we're telling him our heart. Lord, I need this, I need that, I need you to fix this in my life, I need you to take care of this. Even that shift to go, okay, Lord, I'm going to lay all my life down, I'm going to lay everything down, I'm going to surrender everything that's mine, and I'm going to focus on everything that you have for me to do. <laughs> Haggai talks about it, it's like, it's the, it's the, the Jewish people where they're for 17 years after they have freedom, they focus on their own lives. They focus on building their own homes, on, on cultivating their own fields. And the Lord says, no, I can't bless that. 
The blessing comes when you put me first. When you build my kingdom, when you lay that first stone of the foundation of my temple, then he says, from this day on, I will bless you. There's a blessing that comes when we seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. And I think I just see a lot of the church is going, Lord, I just, if you can fix all these things, then I'll do this. And the Lord says, no, 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 do this. Seek first my kingdom and I'll take care of all this. It's back, we have it backwards. Lord, I'll give you everything you need. I'll give you more time. As soon as I, as soon as I get this much money and then I can take care of things and then now I can go serve you. He says, no, serve me and then I'll take care of you. And we can struggle and struggle and struggle. And we say, Lord, we're doing this for you. He says, I don't want you to do anything for me. I want you to align with my kingdom. Align with me. Seek first my kingdom. So he says this. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life or what you will eat or about your body or what you will wear. That is pretty extreme. Like, well, God, we need a home. We need clothes. We need, you know, we need all these things. It's like, stop worrying about those things. Life is more than food. The body is more than clothes. I just stop and kind of add some things in here. Sometimes we just think, well, we have to have the basics in order to, to do the things you call us to do. I think we underestimate our God. I think we underestimate what God can do in our lives when we actually obey Him, when we actually do the things He tells us to do. When we say, God, I'm not going to worry about these things. I'm going to seek first your kingdom. The very things above what I'm going to eat, what I'm going to wear, where I'm going to sleep, I'm going to seek your kingdom. Jesus calls for radical obedience. He calls us to, says in Hebrews 12, to cast off every weight and sin that entangles. Everything that entangles us, which is the, the cares, the worries, the pleasures, and the riches. Everything of this world me just stop there. I want to just go to James. James James always gives you a gut punch. But listen to these words. He says this. He says, you do not have because you do not ask God. But then he says, and when you do ask, you don't receive because you ask with the wrong motives, that you would spend what you get on your pleasures. A lot of times we're asking, oh, God, I need this. I need, I need a better job. I need all these things. That's not the kingdom. I need, a, I need a house. I need a better house. That's not the kingdom. I need a better car or I need a car. That's not the kingdom. Lord, I, I need a better position. I need you to fix the position that maybe even the ministry that I'm doing 
It's not the kingdom. Because a lot of those things, most of those things are all of those things. I would say they have to do with an identity that we have in and of ourselves, of who we are. Well, I have to have those things. And I think the Lord says, no, you don't. All you need is to seek my kingdom. The next words he says, which are harsh words, he says, this is James, he says, you adulterous people, don't you know that friendship with the world is hatred towards God? Anyone who chooses to be a friend of the world becomes an enemy of God. That is extreme. <laughs> it's offendable, extreme. I don't think the Lord's worried about that. I think he's more worried about that oneness that we have with him. I think as we let go of all the things of this world, and again, it's a process. I don't think the day that you say, I accept Jesus as my Lord and Savior, he goes, now, cut it all off, get rid of everything. <laughs> but it's a process of walking further and further and further into humility, into that radical obedience to his commands. He says this, life is more than food, the body is more than clothes. Consider the ravens. Do they not sow or reap? I'm sorry, they do not sow or reap. They have no storeroom or barn, yet God feeds them. How much more valuable are you than the birds? Who of you by worrying can add a single hour to your life? Since you cannot do this little thing, why do you worry about all the rest? Consider how the lilies grow. They don't labor or spin, yet I tell you, not even Solomon in all of his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and gone tomorrow and thrown into the fire, how much more will he clothe you? And then I love how Jesus throws that in there. Oh, you of little faith. And it's actually that little faith. It's the better translation is, oh, you of unbelief. It's not so much the level of your faith. It's the unbelief. It's not trusting in him. It's saying, well, God, I trust you, but, but I got to have all these other things in place first. He says, and do not set your heart on what you will eat or drink. Don't worry about it. That's a hard one for me. Like, God, I, I need to have enough food to eat and drink. And he's like, don't worry about that. For me, I'm reading this like for the first time. I feel like it's hitting me at a deeper level. Because I've read this before. But are you actually hearing the words of Jesus to this level? Are we really willing to go this far? To truly not worry about what we eat or drink? To say, God, you're going to take care of that. It says, for the pagan, which is a, just a worldly person, referring to a worldly person, uh, 
It says, for the pagan world runs after such things. And your father knows that you need them. <laughs> he already knows. He's aware. And then he says, but seek his kingdom. This is Jesus. Seek my father's kingdom. And all these things will be given to you. All what things? You'll have the clothes. You'll have the food. You'll have the, the place to lay your head. You'll have everything else that you need. That's his promise. And then he goes on to say, sell your possessions. Give to the poor. Provide purses for yourselves that will not wear out. A treasure in heaven that will not be exhausted. Where no thief comes near. No moth can destroy. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. But I ask that you would, for each one of us, give us a deeper revelation of your words in Luke 12. Or that every one of us would set our eyes upon you Right after in Hebrews 12, right after it says, throw off every weight, it says, set your eyes on Jesus, the author and the perfecter of your faith. Put your eyes on the kingdom, on his righteousness. Make that your number one and let there be no number two. That nothing else is a worry or a concern. Can you imagine having no worries and no concerns with your eyes just on Jesus. No fear. What it does is it changes your position to, to a motivation of love. Because Jesus, it says God is love. We're motivated by love. And fear cannot be a motivator. Fear cannot be something that determines the direction we go. Well, I don't know. I don't know if I'm going to be able to have the job that I need, and I got to. I got to make this decision. I got to move over here. I got to do this. And I see so many people. They're making decisions out of fear. Especially in this time, I'm just talking to pastors and people in their churches, and they're going, man, they're. They're leaving and they're going to different places or they're, uh, they're hoarding things or bringing things in out of a position of fear. We're worried we're not going to have this, we're not going to have that. It's not so much what you're doing, it's the motivation behind why you're doing it. Are we seeking first His kingdom? So Lord, I ask right now, each one of us as we go into this time of prayer Lord we want to ask for things that are on your heart may it never be about us Lord you take care of all our needs you already promised that but Lord may we seek your kingdom may we get the very things that are on your heart 
I pray that you would open the eyes of our heart to see what it is that you see. There are things also. Yeah, I'll just pray it this way. Lord, I pray that you close our natural eyes, our mind, that we do not determine what you're doing based on what we see with our own eyes, but that you would open the eyes of our heart, reveal things by your spirit to our spirit, that we would see what you're doing, not what we see in the world. Because what it can do is it can create unbelief. His timing is never our timing. As we're going after the billion soul harvest, as we're praying for this time of revival, which we're already in, that we wouldn't have a mindset to see things in the natural and go, well, it's not here yet. We don't see it. <laughs> We don't base things on what we see in our own eyes. It's having eyes to see in the spirit, ears to hear what the Lord is doing in the moment. And when he says it's time, it's time. May we never determine the Father's time based on what we see in the natural. May we never abort what the Lord is birthing in the spirit based on what we see in the natural. Lord, open the eyes of our heart. I pray right now that you would reveal to us the very things that are on your heart for this very time. You've given us the keys to the kingdom to seek first your kingdom to grab hold of the keys of authority, to take authority and say what is in heaven, we release it on earth. The will that you have in heaven is to come to this earth. And it happens through the keys that you give us to release things on earth. That whatever we bind on earth is bound in the heavens. Whatever we loose on earth is loosed in the heavens. Lord, I thank you that we're moving into a time of greater authority which only comes from a full surrender. It's in the surrender and in the humility that we gain authority. It's Jesus in, in, in Philippians 2 where it says that he humbled himself even to the point of death. That's when he gained authority over death. That's when he gained the power over death. That's when his name was raised up above every other name. Bring us into that place of complete surrender of our own lives, of everything that we think is important, and that we reset to what's on your heart. So I want to just invite you guys to come up. I feel like there's some things that we need to pray into now that the Lord's actually putting on our heart. I can tell you some of the things that he desires to see. 
was just as we were praying into it in the back room, we were just asking, Lord, what is it? What is it that you desire to see? And you may have some other things as well, but we were just, as I just wrote some things down, it's, um, I think the Lord desires to see healing of the body of Christ, a strengthening, a spiritual wisdom, to see the next generation raised up. Even as we have our, our youth camp that's going to be going off this next week for four days, that we see this next generation become so strong in the Lord that there's a great hunger and a thirst. The promises, he says, those that hunger and thirst for righteousness, that's that seek first the kingdom and my righteousness. Those that hunger and thirst for righteousness, his promises, he's going to fill you with his spirit. He's going to fill you to overflowing. You're going to be stronger than you've ever been. Not in your own power, not in your own might, but in the Spirit. By the Spirit. It's where we need our strength. Some of the other things felt like the, the, the harvest, the billion soul harvest. We just had Mario Murillo and then the billion soul harvest down in Colorado Springs. 1,800 people saved or gave, or gave their life to the Lord or rededicated their life at the, at Mario, with Mario Murillo. We have the billions of harvest with hundreds coming in from all over the world to, to declare what is happening. It's a state of the world of what the Lord is doing right now. We're crying out for the very thing that's on the Lord's heart. That there are souls, there are billion souls we need labors. We need labors for the harvest. We need those that, that aren't just like, well, I, I told them about Jesus and then I moved on. But no, but those that are going to say, no, I'm going to be a father to you. I'm going to be a mother to you. We're going to walk alongside you. It says that we would disciple them, that we raise up actually disciple makers, those that then will take our place and disciple even more. But they need to be trained up. They need to be taught the ways of the Lord, the ways of Jesus, the very commands that he gave us. It's our job. It's our duty. It's a commissioning to teach them. Each one of us, not just pastors, <laughs> not just the ones that are up for every single one of us are to be teachers of the word of God. That's the labor. That's what the labor's for. Some of the other things I felt like there's a, something we're doing on October 8th called Communion Colorado. And it's, it's gathering together as the body of Christ in unity over the very thing that we can have unity over. We have unity over the blood and the body of Jesus. All, there's so many other things that create division in the body of Christ. But it's Christ and Him crucified. It's His body and His blood. I feel like it's, it's going to be an amazing time of coming together, expecting eight to 10,000 to come together to say, yes, Lord, we will be one. <laughs> we will see your kingdom come. There's the 400 gathering of pastors 
over 400 pastors that are going to lay their churches down, the agendas of their own, building their own churches for the greater purpose of building the kingdom, of seeking first the kingdom. We need pastors. We need leaders. We need those with ministries that are leading ministries to seek first the kingdom and not their churches and not their ministries. We need an awakening of churches. We need an awakening of pastors. We need watchmen on the wall. We need shepherds that will shepherd with love and with truth. These are just some of the things. Uh, I feel like the Lord said he was, he's, there's a preparation, there's wineskins that he's setting in place. And the wineskin has a spirit interwoven into it. There are structures that the Lord is, is setting in place, but it is, it is dynamic, flexible structures that aren't, that aren't set up by traditions which actually nullify the Word of God, but they're set up by the Spirit to move. It's like a, we say it, it's, it's kind of like a sail. A sail would be a structure. It's not a rigid thing. It moves, and it moves with the wind. And as the Spirit blows, the sail moves and catches the wind. And when the Spirit blows this way, then the sail moves and it catches the wind. So I'll, I'm going to stop and just open it up for just, just to pray. Pray in that. And keep it in prayer. I just ask you all just to, to keep it in prayer right now. Second Corinthians, for it is Christ's love that fuels our passion and motivates us because we are absolutely convinced that he has given his life for all of us. That means all died with him so that those who live should no longer live self-absorbed lives, but lives that are poured out for him. Papa, we pray in the name of Jesus we would not live self-absorbed lives, but that we would live for you. Lord, it's been on my heart from the Billion Soul Harvest just seeing on the gospel map how the gospel has gone forth through the ages. And Lord, I was so impacted by hearing how one person from Azusa went to Korea and 50 people were saved and changed a nation. And I heard in a breakout about a woman on a mission ship that went to Wuhoo, China and shared for a month or two with a team while she was in her 20s poured out Jesus to a kids camp and found out in her 60s that from that trip 400,000 believers came forth from that 
And God, I am so impacted that my precious daughter and her group that went to an unreached people group, that best I understand that there's an 18-year-old boy and a 14-year-old girl that gave their lives to Christ, and they are the first from this people group to come to know you, Jesus. And what if our prayers, even at the Billion Soul Harvest, while she was there, brought forth this fruit of this young man and this young girl that are the first fruits of a people group? And who knows if when she's in her 60s, that there's half a million people that are saved. God, help us not live self-absorbed lives, but pour our lives out for you. Now, if anyone is enfolded into Christ, he has become an entirely new person. God, help us to grasp that in Christ, enfolded in you, we are one with you, we are new. Behold, we are completely new. Everything is new. And God has made all things new and reconciled us to himself and given us the ministry of reconciling others to God. Papa, I just declare in the name of Jesus over Colorado, our nation, our world, God, that believers would stand up in the name of Jesus you have given us this ministry of reconciling others to God. We receive this ministry. We receive it. God, help us live it. You have given us everything in the spiritual realm to do all that you've called us to do, and you have called us to reconcile others to God. You have entrusted to us the ministry of opening the door of reconciliation to the living and true God. We are now ambassadors of the anointed one to carry this message of Christ to the world. God, I ask in the name of Jesus that everybody in the sound of my voice would receive their ambassadorship to become reconcilers to all those in their sphere. Lord, you, God, the anointed one, you have called us ambassadors to carry this message of Christ to the world as though God were tenderly pleading with them directly through our lips. Oh, God, that we would tenderly plead with all those around us that are unsaved, that they would hear through our lips the words of the living God calling him to himself saying turn back to God and be reconciled to him for this righteousness this right standing with God that we have is through our union with you Papa so be it Amen reading out of the book of Matthew in the very end and Jesus came up and spoke to them saying all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth 
Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I commanded you, and lo, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. Lord, we thank you for your spirit. We thank you, Lord, that salvation not only is a gift, but it's a gift that leads us into the ultimate goal that you want to see happen, open heaven on earth. We thank you, Lord, that we reminded and we read this passage, that this passage is referred to as the Great Commission, not the Great Suggestion. And it puts incredible responsibilities on each and every one of us, Lord. As we go beyond these walls, as we meet people, as we bring your love, I pray, Lord, that you give us boldness. Boldness to pray dangerous prayers along the line of, Lord, bring me circumstances. Circumstances that forces me to depend on you completely from a surrender perspective, from a humility perspective. Lord, I pray that your presence invades each and every corner of our lives, Lord. And we thank you for all the things you're doing. It's with a spirit of gratitude, Lord, humility, that we turn to you and look toward the things that you're going to accomplish in this church, in this city, in Colorado, Lord, and beyond. Disciple all nations. In Jesus' name. Hey, wake up, wake up, um, man. I don't, I don't know what I'm supposed to say, but uh, I was, I was one of the wounded warriors. And so, if you're out there, uh, Ronnie's message on Sunday, uh, I'm not qualified, but Jesus qualifies the called. And so, if you don't feel like you have anything to give, you got something. We need everybody, all hands on deck. So Jesus, right now, get all hands on deck. Wake us up. God, nobody's perfect. Nobody's got it. Nobody's got their ducks in a row. None of us. Uh, and that's the best part. You get to move through us. So Jesus, souls, I, I was sitting back there thinking about Schindler's List and how he was at the end of the movie, he's sitting there looking at his gold pen and he's going, man, I could have bought 20 more people with this gold pen. Um, so guys, uh, people are going to hell. And so Jesus, you want to rescue the damned. You want to make covenant. You want to rescue the dying. Those You want to snatch those from the flames. Jude 23. So guys, let's wake up. Let's wake up. It's time, church. It's time. It's time to get up. Give what you have. It does, you don't even have to be good at what you do. Just get up and give what you want to give. Reach into people's lives in a relationship in Jesus' name. God, uh, we ask for the billion soul harvest. Uh, I'm back on. I'm back on deck. Uh, you called me back up, and I'm going in. I, I'm I'm broken. I'm a broken man, but I'm going in. I'm 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 taking the hill. I'm going to take my area of responsibility, and God, I'm gonna I'm gonna dream for a hundred churches in Denver. I'm gonna take over the DU campus in Jesus' name. I'm gonna win the lost. 
I'm going to hug people into salvation. I'm going to prophesy over them until they fall on their face and say, surely God is among you. God, the blood of the Lamb is with us. The angels are with us. We have no more excuses. All we have is your resources, Jesus. So come. Everybody just stand up right now. Put your hands up. Just thank him that you've got something to give. Thank him that you've got something to give. Put your hands up and say, thank you. I'm broken. Say, I'm broken. But I'm going in. And I'm going in in the name. And I'm going in in worship. And I'm going in in the power of the Holy Spirit. God, you, we're, we're your battle lambs. Just, just I want you to picture this right now. You're God's little battle lamb. You're broken, you're weak, you have nothing to give, but God has everything to give through you. So just lift your, seriously, lift your hands and look up to his eyes. Say, what do you want me to do? What do you want me to do? Yeah, as Shauna's just saying that, I just, it's the word where he calls to Gideon and he goes, hey, mighty warrior. <laughs> Gideon is a guy that has never fought before. He didn't know how to use a sword. He's like, you're going to raise up an army of 300 who also had no experience fighting. <laughs> and, and you're going to take out 120,000. Uh, when the Lord moves, when he calls us to move, we move out not because of our own strength, but in our weakness. It's Paul going, in my weakness, I'm made strong. So we are in that time right now. It is an opportune time. It is a kairos time. It's not a chronos time. It's not about, okay, it's, you know, 8.25 p.m. on the 20th of July. That must be the day. No, it's in when the when the fullness of time comes. And we are coming into these times right now. And it's not, again, it's not what we see with our eyes. It's what he's telling us when he says it's time. Just quick thing, and then we're going to, Dicep's going to pray here. But we were just in this, and I had texted someone, and, uh, and, I, and at the end of this text, I just wrote, it's about time. I was just kind of being, joking with them, uh, and in that moment that I sent it, the Lord like just like hit this, hit me just right in my spirit and said, that is a word for right now. But in a different context, not in the joking, oh, it's about time. No, it is about time. It's the time has come. When Jesus in, in John 17, he says, Father, the time has come for me to be glorified. I can tell you, I was laughing with Andrew about this earlier because here he is saying the time has come. And, and I would go, if I looked at the scriptures and I understood where the disciples were, I would say, oh, Lord, the time has not come. These disciples, they weren't ready. <laughs> None of them, you know, one, two of them betray him. Judas goes off, hangs himself. Peter betrays him three times. None of the disciples are at the cross except for John. Everyone else is scattered. It was not the time based on our own understanding. We have to go beyond our own understanding and say, Lord, it's your timing. And when it's your timing, that's our time. 
that we step into it, not based on what we see, but by faith. The righteous live and walk by faith. And John 4, 35, Jesus said to the 12, Behold, I say to you, lift up your eyes and look at the fields, for they are already white for harvest. And Father, we are so much like the 12. Jesus, you released that word in Samaria. And even as you are saying those words, the disciples were baffled because the Samaritans were walking towards Jesus. They heard the gospel through the Samaritan woman who was just saved. And she said, I met a man who knows everything about me and still loves me. Go find out for yourself who he is. Father, sometimes we feel like we're, we're in Samaria among Samaritans and we don't feel like proclaiming and demonstrating the gospel of Jesus Christ. But Lord, would you remind us that you died for all. You didn't just die for people that look like us and think like us and worship like us. But Lord, you came for all. So Lord, tonight, we want to do business with you. That no matter how we feel, no matter what we think, we want to allow the Lord of the harvest to come into our hearts and teach us how to love all people. And that we, we want to replace Americanism with heaven's culture. Lord, we want to replace what it means to be a Coloradan to what it means to be a follower of Jesus Christ. Lord, you have blessed us and you're bringing the nations to our state, including the refugees. Lord, right now, would you just download strategies to us, those of us who are in this room, to reach out to them, not in our own strength, but in the power of the Lord, in the fullness of heaven's power, heaven's love, and heaven's sound mind. Lord, you spoke those words 2,000 years ago, but you're also speaking to those words right now to us this evening. So we want to thank you, Lord. We want to praise you, Lord. We want to bless you, Lord, for giving us another opportunity to open our spiritual eyes and see all people as you see them. They are truly ready for harvest. In Jesus' name. Amen. I just want to confirm what Dicep was. I just, I actually had my Bible open to that right there, that verse. And I was just going to speak into that because I feel like it's another, just such a great example of Jesus going four months. You do not, it's a, he says, do you not say four months more and then the harvest? I tell you, open your eyes. He wasn't saying open your physical eyes. Open your eyes. Open the eyes of your spirit to see that the harvest is ripe. 
we often go, oh, it's four months more. We got to wait four more months. His timing is not our timing. In our eyes, we would go, harvest isn't ready. We got four months to wait. Jesus says, nope, it's right now. Open your spiritual eyes and see that the harvest is ripe. So it's so good. I just, <laughs> wait, I had to laugh because <laughs> that was the very scripture I had opened to speak into. During the billion solar harvest, there were two conferences. One is the almost 80 global leaders got together to share what God is doing at the four corners of the world and what is the heart of God for the lost. And uh, there was another one, is the open session uh, for all Colorado believers. And we want God's heart for the lost soul, especially the two billion children under age of 15. And also, in the second part, we have been praying for the awakening of churches and the revival in the state of Colorado. We have been praying for that with Rock Church together, with many uh, intercessors together. After we finished the conference, one lady came to our Kingdom Dream Center and she shared of her vision at the last minute of our general session. She told us, God showed her a vision that there was a match head and God scratched the match head and a little moment later it ignited and exploded and God told the revival started so God gave me confirmation uh, the revival the fire of revival started but we need more wildfire of revival in the state of Colorado. We are still thirsty and hungry. We are, I am very thirsty and hungry to see the wildfire of revival in the state of Colorado. Oh, Heavenly Father, thank you for your presence in our gathering and your giving us inspiration to many people about your heart and about the revival in the state of Colorado. And thank you for your confirmation through a sister to us. But we are still very thirsty and hungry for your burning glory. We need your burning glory in the state of Colorado so that all the veil of darkness, all the veil of deception be fled away. Get rid of all this veil of darkness and deception. Oh, Lord, remove all the veil of the spirit of suicide in the teenagers. Oh, Lord, give us your light, your love, your life. So all the people see clearly your glory and raising the hands and return to you with the raised hands and enjoy the salvation. Enjoy the fullness of abundant life and enjoy the joyful life in you. Oh, Lord, give us true awakening and revival in Colorado. And the wildfire of a revival will spread to the whole United States of America. And through United States of America, oh, Lord, give us revival in North Korea again. Oh, Lord, give us your revival. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
So I want you to do this. Would you guys stand up again real quick? We're going to just, for a moment here, we're going to pray in Korean style, which means that you're going you're gonna to engage in this. Uh, I asked uh, J.I. just to pray in Korean. So you're not going to understand him. That's okay. He is praying, um, and we're going to pray in agreement, but we're going we're gonna to begin to pray just in the spirit as well, just begin to cry out. And so, yeah, everyone, one voice. And, and Jaya is just going to lead it. You guys just pray into this as well. We're going to go after what the Lord desires right now. Hallelujah. 하늘의 하나님 아바 아버지여 거룩하고 살아계신 하나님 아바 아버지여 아바 아버지의 마음 애타는 심령을 우리에게 부어주시고 깨우쳐 주시기를 원합니다. 할렐루야 하나님 아버지의 은혜를 감사하고 감사합니다. 우리는 너무도 부족하고 연약했지만 밀리언 솔 하베스트를 주님께서 축복하여 주시고 하나님의 영광의 임재로 수많은 심령을 타치하여 주시가 감사합니다. 그러나 주님의 우리는 너무도 목마르고 아버지 하나님의 진정한 영광 아버지 하나님의 부흥의 그 불불처럼 일어나는 하나님의 영광의 그 임재와 하나님의 부흥을 보기를 원합니다. 아버지 하나님이 약속하여 주신 그 은혜를 베풀어 주옵소서 락처치에 주여 수많은 사람들을 함께 기도하며 하나님의 영감을 구하고 아버지의 그영 영광의 부흥을 간절히 원했던 것을 지어 기억합니다. 아버지 하나님이 약속하신 그 부흥을 내려주옵소서 콜로라도가 칼라 레드가 되게 하여 주셔서 아버지 하나님이 여기에 주 예수 그리스도의 부흥 부부보혈의 능력이 넘치게 하여 주시고 수많은 영혼들 주님의 시어 마귀에게 잡혔던 영혼들 주님의 어딕뛰던 사람들 주여 마에게 정숙된 사람들 아버지의 최악의 노예가 된 사람들 수많은 사람들을 주님 자유케 하여 주시고 주님의 포르던 자를 자유케 하여 주시고 눈먼 자의 눈을 열어주셔서 주님의 영광과 아름다움을 보고 저 앞으로 돌아오게 하여 주시고 온 콜라도 600만 명이 주님의 구원을 보고 구원 받고 놀라운 생명과 부항이 부리 부활이 시작되는 부흥이 시작되는 주로 삼아 주시기를 원합니다 콜라도를 축복하여 주시고 새롭게 하여 주셔서 온 미국의 부흥의 불길이 와일드 파이어가 주님이 퍼지게 하여 주옵소서 리바이벌의 와일드 파이어를 주셔서 아버지여 부흥을 주시기를 기도합니다 이 세계에 부흥을 주시고 그리하여 미국을 통하여 북한에 다시 한번 부흥이 마도록 축복하여 주옵소서 예수님의 이름으로 기도 올리옵나이다 아멘 So Mike asked me to pray about the, the righteousness, and I, I guess I'll give some context to it. Is, uh, the Lord's really changed that with me. Uh, seek first the kingdom of God, and all this will be added to you. So just a couple, uh, just a few years ago, I was doing really well. Um, just for context, I uh, uh, was making a lot of money and could do what I wanted, and uh, everything got stripped. Now we're four months behind on rent. We got collectors calling us. We get food from the food bank. And I had a friend who's a very successful business owner just not too long ago say, how do you have so much joy with the situation you're in? And I was like, I don't know. It's Jesus. <laughs> Because uh, I should be stressed and I, I, I should be worried. And I meditated. I chewed on Matthew 6.25 like constantly throughout every day. And now I don't even pray for finances to come in. I don't even pray for rent to come in. I pray that his will be done. I pray that hearts be turned. 
Um, and I pray every day for a greater hunger and thirst for righteousness. And um, so I'm just going to pray for that. And if there's anybody at the end that wants to come up, um, I'd love to pray with you one-on-one as well for an impartation. But Lord Jesus, I just pray right now, God, that, Lord, there would be an impartation um, here, Lord, uh, just corporately, God. Lord, for a hunger and thirst for righteousness, God, that it would be ever-increasing, God, that you would strip away any appetite for the things of this world. Father God, and, and just that we would trust and know that, Lord, Lord, you got us, and you provide as we seek you and seek your heart, God. And Lord, you, you will meet all of our needs, God, Lord, as we trust in you. So Father, I just thank you for that hunger and that thirst for you to, Lord, be imparted upon all of us right now, Lord and that it would grow each and every day stronger. In Jesus' precious name, amen. We have time for one or two more prayers, and then we're going to close it. So if there's something on your heart, don't sit in that chair. Come up. like there's some of you there's something's burning right now just it's not about you it's about you releasing what you're supposed to release right now so we'll just wait for a moment here anybody to come up. Uh, why don't we do this? Why don't we go into that song again? I'll just, I'm going to, would you guys stand? I'm just going to close in prayer and uh, we'll just finish with this song. Lord, I thank you for what you're doing right now. Across Colorado, across this nation, there's a shaking going on. Lord, I pray that you, just as we talked about on Sunday, Lord, that we would have that, that enduring faith, that persevering faith, that faith that, that fills in the gap, that we would live by faith, walk by faith in everything that we do. That we don't live by what we see. Jesus says this in John 4, he goes, the food I have is to do the will of the Father. Lord, I thank you that that's what we live by. We don't live by bread, but we live by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. That's what we're called to. We're called to live, breathe, move by your spirit. Seeking first your kingdom as warriors for your kingdom. I pray for an awakening of the church. Lord, I thank you for our next generation. As batons are even being passed, Lord, I thank you that there is a, a, a generation that's being raised up. Lord, that we are to be the mothers and the fathers to help raise up, speak into, lift up, strengthen, pray for this, this next generation that is coming up. 
Lord, just as they're wrapping up over in the youth right now, Lord, we pray right now that your hand would be upon them. Lord, that over on the, this coming Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, as they go to the camp, Lord, that your, your presence would move with them, that you would not only empower them and equip them, but give them, give them experiences of your glory, Lord. Let them see your glory. Let them see your goodness. Let them know you in a deeper way. So, Father, I thank you that you're raising up. You're raising up a remnant. You're raising up a people that is going to be sold out for you. Lord, may we be those people. May the next generation be those people. That there's nothing of this world that would satisfy us or draw us away from the very things that you have for us. Lord, I pray for that continued stripping of the things of this world. I pray for oneness with you. I love Pastor Robbie James. He says, he asked this question, what does oneness with Jesus look like? The answer, it looks like Jesus. <laughs> it's when it doesn't look like us at all. It just looks like Jesus. That's oneness with Jesus. Oneness is Jesus is all of him, none of us. So, Lord, I thank you that as we behold you, we're being transformed into your likeness with an ever-increasing glory. And it comes by the Spirit. It's the Spirit that leads us in that. So, Lord, lead us in this time. Have our eyes open to the things that you're saying, to the things that you're speaking, Open our ears, unstop our ears so that we can hear you clearly and that we would walk in your ways. When you say it's time, it's time. We don't tell you when it's time. You tell us when it's time. And we move. Lord, I thank you that we are the remnant that is moving out according to your ways, your plans, your purposes. In Jesus' name.